Welcome, everybody, to another edition of NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. My name is Jim Parsons. You can find me at NHLTradeTalk.com, sometimes at TheHockeyRaiders.com, a number of different places that we and I write for. Uh, I'm going to be flying solo on this episode of the show. Uh, No Brooke with me today. Uh, She is celebrating this weekend's Thanksgiving in the United States, and we wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, especially if you're an American listener listening to the show. We hope that you have a good time with your family. Relax, eat well, uh, do all that fun stuff that goes with Thanksgiving. But I'm here in Canada, plugging away, uh, working on some of the biggest stories in the NHL, and there's been some trades, there's been some action, there's some talk about further trades, and we're going to cover that, or I'm going to cover that here in the next few minutes. So sit back, enjoy, let's go through some of the biggest news and rumors and speculation in the NHL this week. This is another edition of NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. Enjoy. Hello again, everybody. Welcome another edition of NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. My name is Jim Parsons, again, flying solo. We're going to be going through a very quick hit run of all of the talk in the NHL right now, some speculation surrounding certain teams, some trades that have gone down already, some trades we're expecting to happen here in the near future. Let's talk about that right now. Let's start where there were some trades. Uh, Toronto. So they lose Morgan Riley, Jordy Ben, TJ Brody. Um, They're down Jake Muzzin already. So they need to make a trade, right? They're looking at uh, a blue line that is completely depleted. And there's a market out there with some defensemen on it, but not a huge one. There's other teams like Ottawa also looking for a defenseman. So the Maple Leafs got to do something. They phone up the Arizona Coyotes and get Connor Timmins. Now they've uh, made a very simple trade. Basically, the gist of this was that the Arizona Coyotes were going to waive Connor Timmins, but they knew or figured that he would probably be claimed by a team. So instead of doing that, they phoned up Toronto or Toronto phoned up them, whatever the case might be. And they flopped a prospect for Timmins, uh, who may or may not be a regular in the Maple Leafs lineup moving forward. But this allowed Toronto to beat the rush, beat the pack of possible waiver claim teams that would put in a claim on Connor Timmins. So Toronto and Arizona do a deal. Uh, That was done. Are the Maple Leafs finished? Probably not. They're going to be looking for more options on the trade market. Now, the huge names out there, still Jacob Chikrin's the top defenseman on the market I don't know though that Toronto is going to be looking at that no there is some connection here uh, some reports that maybe Anaheim could be a team that Toronto is targeting whether that's John Klingberg or Kevin Shattenkirk Carson Soucy out of Seattle could be a team uh, Vladislav Karikov uh, out of Columbus these are all names that maybe Toronto might be focused in on now you got to consider Morgan Raleigh's not going to be out long enough to really just go out and spend a bunch of money Jordy Benz, uh, still his injury is not uh, totally clear when he's going to be back. So there's only so much Toronto can do. They're sort of hand-tied in their ability to go out and just add another player. So we'll see where the Maple Leafs wind up with this. That is a trade that has already happened, though. Toronto and Arizona, and Toronto adds Connor Timmins. Another trade that went down, Ryan Reeves. He moves from the New York Rangers to the Minnesota Wild. There was some talk, though, that maybe the Edmonton Oilers were in on Ryan Reeves. Doesn't happen. Minnesota gets the player. Bill Guerin has talked about this. He said he did not add Ryan Reeves just because he can fight. He actually added him for his energy. He likes what he brings. It's a missing element that Minnesota feels like they don't have right now. So the expectation here is that Reeves is going to kind of bolster this roster and this lineup, help them out a little bit. Will he produce anything offensively? I don't think so. I don't think the Minnesota Wild probably expect him to do so. 
but they are expecting him to kind of give him a kick in the butt and Bill Guerin tends to do that sort of thing he is a no-nonsense GM he doesn't joke around or waste time if he wants to make a move he makes a move so he adds Ryan Reeves um, and his 1.75 million dollar cap hit to the Minnesota Wild roster there you go so those are two trades that have happened there's a lot of talk about what trades could be coming two teams that we are closely watching the Ottawa Senators who are turning over pretty much every rock in their search for a defenseman right now Bruce Garriock of the Ottawa Sun is reporting that they've talked to at least 10 to 15 different NHL teams right now, uh, trying to figure out if there's a fit. Right now, there hasn't been one. Uh, teams are not necessarily lining up to give Ottawa a deal on some sort of break for a trade. There's some players that don't want to wave to go to Canada, says Elliot Friedman, and they don't want to necessarily pay the price for get Jacob Chikrin out of Arizona, who they have been linked to for a very, very long time. Also with Ottawa, keeping on the uh, track, there was some rumors that Nikita Zaitsev possibly going to Vancouver for Tyler Myers coming to Ottawa. It doesn't sound like that trade ever reached either player. Not sure who shot that down, if it even reached them, to have them the ability. Both have a 10-team modified no-trade clause in their contract. Doesn't sound like either one wanted to do it, but uh, Ottawa was willing because they thought Tyler Myers might be an upgrade for them. Vancouver was willing because they wanted the cap space flexibility that comes with moving Tyler Myers out. We'll keep our eyes on that one. Myers is probably a name that we should be watching on the trade market here. Let's move over and talk a little bit about the San Jose Sharks, who are have let the league know that pretty much everybody's available outside of Tomas Hurdle. So there's been talk that Eric Carlson could be a player to watch because he's having a rebound season. David Pagnota of the fourth period at NHL Network says, though, maybe don't necessarily count on the idea that Carlson's going to move. In fact, he doesn't think that he will this season, partially because it's a huge $11.5 million cap hit that someone's going to have to take on, even if San Jose retains salary. And the talk is that Mike Greer, the GM of the Sharks, does not want to retain 50% of Carlson's salary. Carlson may not even want to leave San Jose, so that's something you have to consider as well. And maybe more teams are focused on Timo Meyer out of San Jose. He is a player who is an RFA at the end of the season. He's got arbitration rights, a qualifying offer that's going to get him at least 10 million bucks. And Pagnotta says that I think he's going to be their primary trade ship this season. That's a quote. So uh, it doesn't sound like the Sharks and Meyer have had any conversations about a contract extension. I'm sure they're open to moving him if the price is right. And there probably will be teams that are interested because Meyer will get you offensive production. Now the trick here for any team that acquires Meyer as as an RFA with that size of a qualifying offer. Now, you can always work out another contract with the player if you sign him before then. He's expensive. He's not going to be a cheap addition. So if you're bringing him in, you're probably thinking this is a player that we want to sign, and we'll see where that goes. All right, moving over to the Florida Panthers. They are a team that we should absolutely be watching. Expect a trade to happen here. Now, they're flying very close to the sun, says Frank Saravelli, when it comes to the salary cap. Anthony Duclair is probably close to returning to the Florida Panthers lineup sometime before Christmas. They are going to need to make a move. They're going to have to free up some salary cap space to get Duclair on that roster. Now, there is some talk that maybe Duclair is the player they trade here, but there's some other options too. One player that Elliot Friedman says do not expect to be traded is Patrick Hornquist, and he says this on the latest 32 Thoughts podcast because Hornquist was promised, while no official guarantee or anything in writing, that when he came over from the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Florida Panthers would not trade him. They plan to honor that agreement. So even though they could go backwards on it, and there's, of course, always the opportunity here for both sides to change their mind, and Hornquist could be willing to go. But as it stands right now, 
Patrick Hornquist was promised that he would not be traded by the Florida Panthers, and the Panthers' GM Bill Zito does not intend to break that promise. So don't expect it to be Hornquist who leaves Florida, but they are going to have to make a move. They just cannot afford to keep everybody when Duclair is ready to hop back into this lineup. So the Florida Panthers are absolutely a team that we should be watching here. Uh, They're pretty good. They've got some good players, but they are way tight against the salary cap. So something's going to have to give there. Heading over to the Chicago Blackhawks, Frank Saravalli of Daily Faceoff has listed both Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane in the top three of his trade bait board and was asked, why are they up so high? And he says, actually, the calendar and right about now is when trade talks are going to start picking up for these two players. Now, neither has said they were willing to go anywhere. They have not waived from Chicago, nor they have been had they been asked to do so. But it is going to be a complicated trade if any team acquires either player. One, because of their salaries. Both are respectively $10.5 million cap hits. Uh, third teams are probably going to have to be involved here. So you're going to have to work all that out. You've got to make sure the two players are comfortable wherever it is they're going to go if they want to go anywhere at all. And teams that are looking specifically at someone like Jonathan Taves, who's having a back a bounce back season and a much better return of late, maybe they weren't expecting to trade for him. And so now they have to make room. So these trades are not easy to do. And it's going to take a lot of work, a lot of talk and figuring things out, which means that in the next couple of weeks, teams are probably going to be starting to talk to each other about the possibility of either one of these two players being on the move. So Chicago's a team that we're going to hear a lot about over the next few weeks. There may not be anything actually imminent coming out of Chicago, but you should expect that Kane's name, Taves' name, both are going to pop up here frequently in the rumor mill. Finally, an interesting trade possibility out of Edmonton or Pittsburgh or vice versa could be like a one-for-one that's being tossed out there involving Kasperi Kapanen leaving Pittsburgh and going to Edmonton and Jesse Pugliarvi leaving Edmonton and going to Pittsburgh. Now, we're not suggesting, and Frank Sitrelli, or uh, excuse me, Jonathan Wills of The Athletic, has not suggested this is happening or that the two teams are even talking. He's just thrown this out there as a possibility because Pugliarvi makes $3 million, Kapanen makes $3.2 million. Both are right wingers. Both are top six, top nine players that are supposed to be producing. Both are not producing as they should in their respective cities. Both might welcome a change of scenery. Uh, Kapanen's got two years left on his deal, including this one, which the others could probably afford. Pujarvi is an RFA at the end of this year. Maybe a fresh scene, a change of scenery, a new perspective boosts both players. Neither one is doing what they're supposed to be doing. So there's potential here that these two teams could be willing to do it. And Frank Saravalli has noted that Ron Hextel is actively shopping Kasperi Kapanen, that he's troubled by the extra year on his current contract, and that this is something that he would like to do. I uh, don't know if Kapanen is really open to doing it, although there's a lot of thought that maybe he would be. So this could be an interesting thing to watch. Again, there's nothing here yet. This is not like two teams have been talking this through and have conversations about it. It is just one of those things to watch because if both players need a change, the Oilers are struggling here a bit. Pugliarvi does not have much offensive production. He's not showing up on the score sheet. He's doing some things uh, well. His underlying numbers are still decent, and there's a lot of people bullish in the Edmonton market on what Pugliarvi could eventually do, but he's just not scoring, and he's not producing, and he's not giving the Oilers what they need, which is some depth help behind Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Zach Hyman, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, they are without Evander Kane. They are without Kyler Yamamoto. So they need some more scoring. And Kapanen has a little bit more of a proven track record in the ability to do that. 
whereas Jesse Pugliarvi has a bit more potential upside. So we'll see. There's a risk involved for both teams making this deal, especially at Edmonton if they believe Pugliarvi has uh, some untapped potential there. So maybe this doesn't turn into anything, but it is something worth watching. Finally, the Montreal Canadiens and New Jersey Devils. Now, potentially, there's something here. We know the Montreal Canadiens are probably a team that is looking to rebuild. They might be willing to make a move. Uh, former broadcaster Tony Marinaro has said that the New Jersey Devils badly, and he says badly a number of times, want Josh Anderson out of the Montreal Canadiens organization. Now, it's not a given The Montreal is going to be moving Josh Anderson. There has been some rumblings and a little bit of talk that maybe he doesn't fit their style, this puck position kind of game that they're doing, that if they're rebuilding, maybe he's not a big part of the long-term solution here. Meanwhile, New Jersey, outside of having lost to the Maple Leafs the other night and having snapped a 13-game win streak, they're super hot. They're a fantastic team right now. They're quick, they're young, they're skilled. They're missing that sort of an element in a Josh Anderson, a power forward who can bang and crash and score. They'd like to add him if they can, says Marinaro. So it's going to be interesting to see if there's anything to this. He seems very, very convinced that this is something that has realistic legs to it. Now, he's not saying that Nico Heischer or Jack Hughes or anybody like that is going to go the other way. In fact, he's shooting that down immediately. But he's saying there is a number of prospects within the New Jersey system that aren't in the NHL that could be intriguing to the Montreal Canadiens, whether that's a Luke Hughes, which is Jack Hughes' younger brother, uh, Simon Nemich, Alexander Holtz. There's a lot of players that New Jersey has that is going to be difference makers, and that's exactly what Montreal is looking for right now, sort of trading that where are they in their career sort of player, right? Anderson is higher up there, but will he be as effective if the Canadians are not competing for a playoff spot? And Marinero says he'd rather see the Montreal Canadiens lose right now and get another lottery pick to really help themselves in the next few years. So I don't know. I don't know if there's anything to this Josh Anderson to New Jersey uh, talk, but he seems very, very convinced that he's got some inside sources saying that the New Jersey Devils are really, that's their number one target, that they would really like Josh Anderson. So we'll keep our eyes on that one. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. It's a short one, not a real long one today. But we just wanted to run you through some of the major storylines that we are following as we watch a lot of the trade rumors and speculation that is happening in the NHL. Next time we come on here, we'll have Brooke Laferno with us. So we'll have a lot more discussion going back and forth. But don't forget, check out the podcast, download, subscribe, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We greatly appreciate it. You can check out all of our articles on NHLTradeTalk.com or TheHockeyWriters.com. Until next time, have a fantastic Thanksgiving, everybody. And for the rest of you that are not celebrating Thanksgiving, Have a fantastic week. We'll talk to you soon.